So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 90 for February 5th, 2017. My name is Nathan Reaton Spruth, and joining me this week, we have Andrew Roa McVane. I made it this time. You did it. You did it. I'm proud of you. And we have Nicole Nick Lotus Robinson Carroll. And I made it too. Yay. Yay. We have two two whole guests this week. And uh, we're going to go on and start talking about what games you've been playing. So what games have you been playing, Nick Lotus? I have been playing some more XCOM 2. Uh, I got the Long War 2 mod, and it's a damn nightmare. <laughs> it is the stuff of of horrible, horrible dreams, but I can't stop playing it. Uh, also, I played a little bit of Yandere Simulator this week, a little bit of Bloodborne. I, I spent a lot of time on XCOM 2. I have been playing back through Tattletale because I want to... Get, collect all the eggs and unlock the hidden ending for uh, for the finale of my Let's Play series on that. Oh, okay. And you'll be done with that when? It'll go up this week, I think Wednesday or Friday. Okay. And I mean, uh, hold on. Actually, I actually, I actually have a little cheat sheet here with with my posting schedule. Huh, it will. She be- puts schedules up, Aroa. <laughs> oh man, it's like well, well, not to be professional or something. <laughs> well, I'm not, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't put the schedule. I don't publish the schedule because uh, I'd like. I like it to be subject to change, and you know, I, so I can. So I can change stuff. But I have tattle. I have my my finale of Tattletale scheduled for this coming Wednesday, February eighth. Was that the game that you played? Um, that that you had the uh, the video up earlier this week that I commented on. I uh, no, that was facade. Okay. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I played. No, no, I didn't. I didn't play. I didn't play any facade this week. That was a recording I did a while ago. Yeah, but you did put facade up, and yes. the audio was very quiet. And it was very quiet, and so I boosted it and put up another version. Good, good. And so at least that's that. And and the the new audio boosted version is the one that's in the one shots and demos playlist on my channel. But I know I'm getting into minutia and taking up way too much time oh, anyway that's fine. that's fine and what games have you been playing aroa besides packs um well uh not not much honestly oh uh just been i played uh i played more of uh dj max three oh. i haven't talked that in a long time um i saw and... you found your psp as well Oh yeah. yeah. I was uh last night I was digging around trying to find my my PSP Go. Um and I I still don't know where where that is, but I did find my portable PlayStation. Yes. Uh, or you could even say PlayStation portable. Um I was digging through uh, some totes I brought with me from my mom's when I moved out and found uh, a PlayStation 1 with the battery pack and a uh, screen attached to the top of it with the the speakers and everything. I that 
so those little uh, screens are apparently perfect for making like portable consoles. Yeah. Because not only do they have the screen, but they also have like all the connections to go into a console and then they have speakers and a battery pack built right in. Well, the battery pack was separate on mine. Oh, okay. Um, the, the screen actually, I remember it came with a cigarette lighter uh, plug. <laughs> so you could plug it into a, into a cigarette lighter. Um, but yeah, uh, it was really weird to open that thing up. I found my old NES and a Sega Genesis and two Nintendo 64s and like uh, Game Gear all in these totes. Oh, I want a Game Gear so bad. And I have no idea where my PSP is, my, my actual PSP. Oh, wow. And it's kind of it's kind of bothering me because there I don't have anything else to play the other DJ Max games on because three is the only one that came out in America. And I have gotten a ranks on every song in the game on the hardest difficulty now. So oh, nice. I want I want to go back and try to play uh, Black Square. And uh, I think it's. It's like hot beats or something like that. It's, it's like a there's another one that's like a compilation. There's one that's themed entirely around some Korean pop group because um, it's a Korean series. Uh, Girls I, I Generation. Wanna... No, not that one. Oh, okay. um, that's the only they're... K-pop group I know of. No, so. I, I think they're they're male. I can't. Classic Y. Boys I mean... Generation. No, damn it! Uh, it's I think it's Classicwai is the name of the at least of, it, it's it's DJ Max Portable Classicwai Edition. Oh, okay. Um, but Black Square was my jam uh, back in like sophomore year. Just playing so, late beat agents. That is a completely different game. I know. Is, uh, and also, <laughs> I played that in high school too. And it I, was, love, uh, I love I love elite beat games. agents is pathetically easy compared yeah. to. Uh, Os Tatake Owendon. I actually have that game. Like a physical copy? Yep. I feel like we've talked about this before. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, this probably. Just makes I me wanna, you guys talking about these rhythm games just makes me want to play DDR again. <laughs> that, was, well, that was one that I just could not play. Well, when uh, I visit Aroa um, later this year, uh, that's pretty much all I'm going to do is play Rock Band with him. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a good time. And uh, I for... and and I actually do the singing portions too, so we can like switch off. Oh, sweet! We can do uh, we can do harmonies. Oh yeah, we can. Uh, yeah. The I think from what I understood, uh, Aroa, you, you mentioned like none of your friends will do the singing portions, right? Um, they will only do it on songs that they know and like. Oh, okay. Whereas. Uh, I will just sit on vocals all night if I have to. Oh, it really depends on the song. Like some songs I I can I kind of know and so I'll do them. But then other songs like I will have just no fucking clue what I'm doing. I can yeah, I can pretty I much run with anything. That's I, good. I like, I don't uh, like doing songs that I can't I don't like doing songs that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it it sucks on some stuff cuz they'll do like some 70s stuff whenever people like tried way too hard to sing. Yeah, and like there's shit like that where I'm, where I'm like I I don't know what I'm doing right now, but yeah, you can just you can just turn it into a joke and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I broke I, I broke a drumstick playing rock band at someone's house once. Nice. 
Nice. We, we we went through we probably went through five uh bass pedals during high school. Yeah. Oh wow. Until I, I got um there was a there was a company, not even a company, it was some guy selling uh sheet metal that was uh cut into the shape of the bass pedal. And he, he sold a kit that was the piece of sheet metal and some screws, some self-drilling screws that uh, are tapping screws. And yeah, you yeah. would just drill, you drilled the sheet metal into the base pedal. And that thing uh, is indestructible at this point. Oh, that's oh, nice. good. That's good. Uh, so you haven't really been playing much. I did. We were before the podcast talking about the uh, the Ghost Recon Wildlands beta. Was that it? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, Wildlands. Uh, now none of us are playing it, but you have been watching it, right? Yeah, I uh, on my way home from my grandparents today, uh, I saw that Delrith of the Angry Joe Show was uh, streaming the closed beta, so I figured I'd jump in on it. And it looks very Ubisoft. I'm not going to lie. It seems like a big open world with uh, very little to actually do in it. Oh, so it looks um, like The Division. Well, honestly, it looks more like it. it from what I've what little I've seen of it, it kind of plays like Far Cry. Oh, OK. It's like if Far Cry and like Just Cause had a baby is kind of the, the impression I'm getting. And, and maybe with a little a little bit of uh Metal Gear Solid Five, almost. Oh, okay. Which is because there's a lot of flexibility in what is possible here, and particularly with the cooperative element. Like he's he's playing solo, I think, or at least if he's playing with other people, I can't tell. I haven't actually watched it with sound because I was in a car, but like that you just kind of run around and there are enemy camps that are just kind of set up in places and you can zoom in and mark enemies like you do in, in like far cry and also in metal gear. And then you just kind of work out a way to fuck over the camp. Oh, good. And there's so much flexibility in what you can do. Cause he's just kind of running and gunning, but I could totally see you having somebody actually planted up on a hill somewhere like sniping people and even directing you and where you need to be going you know, you could play this whole thing as stealth, you know, like Ghost Recon's supposed to be. And I think I think that's really, really cool. The problem that I could see coming in is like, how much directing are they going to be doing? Because a sandbox is fine, but if you don't give people actual objectives to complete and like make that a compelling experience, I I don't really see that as being much fun. That's why I always, uh, with sandbox games, I always last about 40 hours, and then I'm it, done. Yeah, like, I, obviously this is this is the beta, so I don't really think they have a lot of story content going on. Uh, I think it's it's mainly just stress testing the, the engine with actual people. Right. So, you know, it, it remains to be seen how, how it's going to actually play out. But I have often thought that the idea of a... Far Cry size game with actual cooperative play that's designed around the idea of cooperative play could be pretty compelling, um, especially since there seems to be some kind of skill system. Uh, so you'd have different people that are kind of bent towards certain things, kind of almost like uh, payday style, 
where you would have somebody that's dedicated to, you know, being being the turret guy or and there's you been, know, be, being there's been zero news on payday three. Anyway, go on. Oh yeah, but I I think that that's that's a neat idea to kind of enforce a co-op thing in a Far Cry or even like Metal Gear Solid Five kind of setup. Right. I just I just hope that you know the actual game is more than just here is a sandbox, have fun, because I don't think that would be fun for very long. Probably not. Yeah. So, uh, not you haven't played very much because you were at PAX. I played, um, again, I played Rocket League. I played Sonic and All-Star Racing, uh, All-Stars Racing Transformed, which is a great kart racer, basically. Yes. And, and Road Redemption, which is not a great game, uh, but it is basically trying to recreate... Uh, Road Rash. And hmm. they have Shovel Knight in it. And so that was fun. So of yeah, course Of course I made I got the shovel weapon and uh started hitting people in the face with it. So that wasn't of too course. bad. But it isn't it is in early access, so it uh it's not the greatest. You you commonly find yourself uh messing with the uh physics in the game and then also just like Kind of going through walls sometimes because it's early access. Yeah. Uh, and then last night I was very determined because I had a few hours to spare. I was very determined to beat Dot Hack Infection so I can do my review on that game. And I beat it. Yay. Now I've got to go through and write a script. Boo. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. Scripts suck, but thankfully there is a feature in the game. After you beat the game, it will unlock all the mo- you can unlock all the movies, like all the cutscenes and stuff. And so I can go through and just re-record all the cutscenes, and that'll make it a lot easier to edit out a video. So that'll be nice. Um, yeah, because my other my dot hack infection review is doing so well on Twitter or on YouTube with. 43 views. Anyway. <laughs> that's something. Yep. It is. I mean, that's more in views than I get on most of my stuff. Oh, well. well. We'll get there. We'll get there someday. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Um, I think the problem with me is I'm not um, entertaining. I think that's it. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. So... Uh, but yeah, so, and then I'm gonna, next weekend, I won't be able to record anything, but it should be the following week I'll be able to get everything done. So, hopefully in two weeks I'll have that up, and then I might take a bit of a break and do a couple reviews of the Nintendo Switch. Cool. So, because I'll be, I I did pre-order that, and I know quite a few people who are canceling their pre-orders, but... Well, they're getting uh, it canceled. Well, no, they 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 actually choose chose to get it canceled because ah. they they ordered it and then they just thought, oh well, it's going to be. They realized a shit how console. lackluster the launch lineup is. Yep. So here's my problem with that: every launch lineup has been lackluster. Why does that justify spending three hundred dollars on a? No, console it does. It it doesn't. It doesn't. But <laughs> I, I agree. But what I what I'm saying is these are people who pre-ordered the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One and 
now they're now they're caring about the launch lineup and saying Nintendo is shit for a, lo- a bad launch lineup. I mean, you could make people up and say that they exist, but there are also just a lot of people that probably went like I did and and, and said, "Oh man, this is actually really exciting," and got caught up in the hype. And then yeah. two days later, realized, "Oh wait a minute." One two switch is fucking garbage. No, and, no, no. I like, I agree. One two switch is garbage. It's gonna be and, shit. And like, and like, do I really want to spend three hundred and fifty dollars on Zelda when I could just spend sixty? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm doing. I'm buying it because I want to support Nintendo. Because I think I a I want them to stay in the race. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm. I'm gonna buy it. I know. Yeah. I am. I'm just saying that, like, I totally get the idea that the launch lineup kind of sucks dick. Yeah, um, it does. It's not that great. There are some game companies coming out and being like, hey, by the way, we're releasing this game on Switch. Uh, it's going to be out, like, at launch. Because, like, Jackbox is going to be on Switch. Yeah, Jackbox um, 3. I mean, I already have yeah. that, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do I. I'm just saying, like, there, there are companies that are, that are saying now that weren't, like, on their list of of launch games that are that are coming out and being like by the way we're releasing on switch so yeah there's a chance that there's there's going to be more stuff probably a lot of like indies and yeah stuff from from companies like devolver or or what have you that are uh, gonna put stuff out in early days but i mean there's the same time i just like why would i spend three hundred dollars now when and i'm not saying me personally but why would someone spend three hundred dollars now when they can wait for an inevitable bundle that comes with a game that you'd actually want to play possibly for the same price or maybe even cheaper total yeah especially you know know, if there's somebody that got burned by the wii u perhaps and bought it at launch and then like six months later could get it for a hundred dollars less than that and it came with possibly a more fun game you're talking about yourself again aren't you I did get burned on the Wii U. I don't know that. <laughs> uh, so part of it, uh, another thing is that, you know, I'm a YouTube reviewer and the Nintendo switch is going to get a lot of views. That's, yeah. that's very, my hope. very true. You're, you're not wrong there. Yeah. So that's, that's part of my hope is that I can do like, cause there is one, two switch, which is going to be shit. But, <sighs> yeah. uh, you know, if I do a switch review, if I do a one, two switch, uh, review, if I do, Breath of the Wild, those three things hopefully will get me some more. Get views. like a hundred views each. Yeah, hundred maybe <laughs> maybe a hundred and twenty. I don't know. My Final <laughs> Fantasy, were... my Final Fantasy eleven review is over eight thousand right now. Nice, which they is were, surprising. Uh, they were playing one Congrats. two switch at uh, at PAX. It doesn't on really. Stage. It doesn't really matter until I get over nine thousand. We know this. <laughs> so truth. Yeah. But they, they were playing one two switch at PAX on stage and I felt really bad. They had you know, they they did what Nintendo of America does with like their public shit, like how they have the, the tree house with all these people that are really trying hard to pretend to be enthusiastic about shit that no one cares about. Yeah. And, and like there was this dude that was trying so hard to sell one two switch as hard as he fucking could. And it was just sad to watch him up there being like, y'all want to play milk? Yeah. Yeah, they want to play milk. Amazing. <laughs> like a joke, but that's literally what he was saying. Like, milk is like 
one of my favorite games. And I was like, no, no, it's not. Shut up. Please just stop being so cringy. <laughs> you have like, to. I, I want you to have that job. Want to play milk? I, it's fucking shit. But I mean, I, that's a th- I, I couldn't <laughs> do that because I'd be standing up there going, uh, you guys want to play a cow milking game? Uh, it's pretty damn not great. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's a party game, I guess. Uh, I don't, I think it'll be like, it'll be but fun. Is it for, as good as shake it up. <laughs> it, it'll probably be good for like 20 minutes and then then the game will because it would be it would be i would be so fine with one two switch if it was either twenty dollars i would be i think i'd be okay with twenty dollars yeah i would be i would be great with 10 but i think twenty dollars would be fine or if it was just packed in with the console it should just be packed in with the console it should just be be packed in with the console yeah, but yeah. I'd be okay even if it was like twenty bucks. But it being a full sixty dollar fucking game, like yeah. are you kidding me, makes no and sense it- to me either. But I'm buying it anyway, so I'm 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 with Aroa, man. They need to make another damn uh, WarioWare Wario game. Yeah. yeah, they need to make another damn WarioWare game if they want to make a party game for the Switch. Yeah, or even like if they just would have done Nintendo Land too. Yeah, like I I. It would have been more difficult, I guess, because they they had to do something that only worked with the hardware included in, in the package. Right. So they had to do something yeah. that would only work with the two Joy-Cons. So Nintendo Land 2 kind of had a lot of games that were built around having four players, and it's not really going to be the uh, the Switch's focus. Yeah. So, so, you know, part of the reason why, because uh, we were talking about the launch lineup being really lackluster. And part of the reason why they're saying is because they they don't want to have like a huge like, you know, 10 months where a game doesn't come out. So they're saying uh, Reggie fils was saying that, you know, we're we have uh, when it releases, we have Breath of the Wild. Then we're having Splatoon 2. Then towards the end of the year, we're having Mario Odyssey and trying to just keep it so that. You know, every couple of months, somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to buy the new Nintendo game. I'm going to buy the new Nintendo game. Uh, yeah, I, I can get that. Yeah. And that was a good segue. I actually did it. I did it. Huh? That, that's one of the stories we're talking about. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I segued. I didn't even. Hey. Yeah. I didn't even open the topics. Not going <laughs> to lie. So it says, uh, uh, Kimishima uh, says. Uh, some of those who have seen the line- lineup has expressed their opinion that the launch is weak. Our thinking is arranging the 2017 software lineup is that it is important to continue to provide new titles regularly without long gaps. This encourages consumers to continue actively playing the system, maintains buzz, and spurs continued sales momentum for the Nintendo Switch. For that reason, we'll be re- we will be releasing Mario Kart 8 the Lux arms uh which is making its debut on the nintendo switch the first half of 2017 and splatoon 2 which attracted consumers attention during the hands-on events in japan in summer 2017 uh that's when splatoon is going to be released i think there's also some translation here that's weird uh we believe that these titles exemplify the concept of the nintendo switch 
which is to be able to play anywhere with anyone at it and at any time as long as they have the switch i would imagine and will expand and invigorate competition between players so uh it makes sense that their launch lineup they're like they have one game that they kind of want to sell uh yeah it would have been nice if they had like because breath of the wild is coming out for uh, uh the wii u so it would have been nice if they had something else that was exclusive to the switch like Bomberman. something that mattered like um <laughs> like mario odyssey or even yeah. splatoon 2 or something have that released when the switch was launched but unfortunately they're not doing that they're just going to release breath of the wild but i'm still ho- holding out hope that the switch is good so have you canceled your pre-order aroa um no I thought you did pre-order it. Did you? No. Oh, okay. Were you going to pre-order it? Was that? I I was considering it, and then I realized that man, I just I I don't know if I'm going to have three hundred dollars at oh, that point. Yeah, because you're trying to buy a house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I've why also, you get I've a been credit working card. A lot of, I've been working a lot of four day weeks. Oh. And like, uh, I don't I don't get paid. For that, because even holidays, I don't get paid for those because uh, I'm I'm a contractor. Oh, shit! Yeah, that is shit. Yeah, but that'll be changing soon, hopefully. But yeah, I I find it interesting here that Fizeme is basically saying, "Yeah, we know, we know yeah. it sucks, but it's a business uh, thing." So uh, you know, it kind of up. makes it kind of makes sense. Well, it makes very solid business sense. It's just weird to me that Reggie's just being upfront about it. I love it. I like, I, I, I greatly appreciate whenever a company explains to me that, yeah, we know that it sucks in the short term, but over time, we're going to make a lot more money off this and trust us, it psychologically works for you too. Yeah. Like, the, we, we've got yeah. a lot of market research. We know you better than you know you. Just trust us. We've well, been doing this a long time. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to think about it. Like, if they would say they came out with the Switch and they had Super Mario Odyssey, Splatoon 2, Mario Kart 8, um, Arms, 1 2 Switch, and Breath of the Wild. Say they came out with all those games at launch. If a parent goes to buy their kid the Nintendo Switch, they are going to get them exactly one of those games. Yep. And, mm. and so. And then, you know, months later, the let's say Super Mario Odyssey is marked down to, I don't know, $54 because Nintendo games never lose their fucking value. Yeah, let's say marked down <laughs> Nintendo game. Are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, like months later, are, and they don't release anything. They don't release anything for like six or seven months. And they come out with a new game. Yeah, that game might sell well, but then you have those... You have one game that probably sold really well, which would probably be Zelda Breath of the Wild before, yeah. and all the other games would kind of just be forgotten about. So it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I actually, it... whenever I watch interviews with Reggie, he always seems really honest. At least I can I can give him that. Like, he, he does do the general PR, like, oh, it's great, you're going to be able to do this and this and this. But you can, t- like he doesn't bullshit as much as the other developers or, or uh, CEOs and stuff. 
Yeah. I, I think it's gotten to the point now that that I think they they might be aware that they can't so much anymore. Yeah. That makes sense. Because people people are probably pretty pissed off at Nintendo, to be honest. <laughs> and like And Reggie is like he's the only like you don't see Xbox uh executives or PlayStation executives going and like I saw him doing a show with Matt Pat. Like he did a, a show with Matt Pat. He did an interview with Pro Jared. He did yeah. a he did a thing with Gerard last year. Like there's a lot of stuff that he's he's willing to just do because I honestly think Reggie's a cool guy. I yes, he's kind of, you know, a PR stooge and everything, but like I think he he actually does like video games and he loves interacting with the community. Yeah, and the closest I could think of would maybe be Phil Spencer. Yeah, with uh, Xbox because uh, Phil Spencer is pretty like he's not as tied into the community as as Reggie is because they're like Nintendo's of America's whole presence is is kind of different as far as game companies go. Yeah, um, but Phil Spencer will like show up on on internet shows every once in a while, like on it, it, to give like an interview or something. Yeah, and he'll be pr- he'll be pretty frank, like on on Twitter and whatnot. Yeah, but, I've seen yeah, some of his tweets. Some of his tweets are hilarious. Yeah, um, but it, it's it's nothing nothing quite like like Reggie, uh, just kind of doing the doing the weird ass shit that they do on, uh, on some of those Nintendo directs. Yeah. Um, and moving on, let's move on to the next bit, uh, with Nintendo. Have you opened up any of the tabs yet or uh? Yeah, I got them all. Okay. So the next one with Nintendo is that they have released the price of the Nintendo online, whatever the subscription and they've released it in Japan, which is about two to three thousand yen, which equals about seventeen to twenty-six dollars a year. So if they release it, let's say for twenty-five dollars a year, even though you only get one game and you're basically just borrowing the game for a fucking month, which is stupid. Uh I think twenty twenty-five dollars a year is really doable. Even if they bring it up to thirty, that's not too shabby. Not for the whole year. That's not bad at all. Yeah. What What's your thoughts on it, Aurora? Um, it'll depend on how good the network actually is. Yeah. Um, if if it's because uh, obviously the virtual console benefit, I think is just a non feature. Like I don't really give a shit. But I mean, I I pay five dollars a month for enough other non essential services. That I think spending two fifty a month uh, is doable for online access as long as it's actually good. Well, and the that'll Wii U, be the key. The Wii U online wasn't terrible. Like I played Mario Kart and Splatoon yeah. two. Like both of them were pretty solid. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I think it'll be all right. Yeah. Um, but it, it'll just come down to that. Is 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 it really worth playing? And on top of that. Will there be enough online games to justify it? Because I mean, obviously, right now all they have is Splatoon two and maybe Arms. Yeah, uh, um, they also I don't know if maybe they also did say with the games that the Super Nintendo games that they'll be giving away uh, for the month, those would have online play. 
Oh yeah, that that too. So I think that'll be neat. I don't yeah. think that this is bad. Um, I think this is this is within acceptable. Yeah, if um, they said sixty, that would have been fucking ridiculous. Yeah, no one no one should be paying five dollars a month for for online play on the fucking Wii U whenever okay. or on the on the Switch whenever like you get so much more out of PS4 and Xbox One's online service, which I. I don't know. I don't even like either of them charging that much. I think online play should just be free. Well, but... it, it's. It, I'm not saying that. Like, if it was just online play uh, on on the PS4, yeah. Fuck no, I wouldn't be play. I wouldn't be paying that shit. Yeah. But I pay five dollars a month because usually I'll get at least one free game that's pretty good. Yeah, every month. Yeah. Well, not free, uh, but whatever. You know. What well, I mean. you know, I'll it's get, like social I'll get a game. Yeah, I'll get a game that's pretty good for five bucks. And I mean, I pay more than that for a humble bundle here and there. So, yeah, I I think that's fine. And if I got to pay three dollars a month or whatever, whatever, that's that's not that bad for for the privilege, I guess, of being able to play the switch online whenever need be. Yeah, the one thing that, and I I hope they're listening to the community, Nintendo has a problem where, yeah, Reggie seems like a cool guy, but they tend to not listen to the community until, like, five years later. Well, (laughs) that's not necessarily Nintendo of America, either. That's Japan, yeah. That's Nintendo of Japan not getting it, because I've I've heard a lot of talk between, like, content creators and... Nintendo of America and Nintendo of America is just straight up like our hands are tied. Like d- Nintendo of Japan just doesn't fucking understand what Twitch is and or and, and YouTube and they just hate everything. <laughs> like they, they just go, no, copyright. And that's what fucks everybody in America. Now I would uh, love to hear like just Reggie get like smashed and be like, fuck it, I'm working on this goddamn company for 25 fucking years. And they still don't fucking listen to me. They're like, oh, we'll go promote the fucking Wii U. And I'm like, it's garbage. And they're like, no, fucking, we gotta... They're like, no, we must promote it. Make it like the Wii. I'm like, no one's gonna buy it if we just if it, if it we just show the fucking screen. And they're like, no, and then take down those videos of fucking Mario. Because we don't <laughs> want those on YouTube. But we gave them the fucking game to review. Ah, it doesn't matter. Fucking take it down. Yep. Um, Why didn't they write a review? <laughs> review supposed to be worse. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's actually what happened. Uh, Gerard did a uh, did a video, and they gave him the game to review uh, or do the completionist thing of it, and yeah. and they took it down. <laughs> wow! Yeah, they hit him with a copyright claim. Uh, so anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4 has got an update. I don't know if it's released or if it's on the way. I think it's released now. It's in beta. Okay. So they finally, I think it's like two years after the Xbox One did it, but finally are allowing external hard drives to be used on the PlayStation 4 up to 8 terabytes, which I believe the Xbox One can only do up to 4 terabytes. Um, I don't know. It's probably like whatever limitation is on the NTFS file system. Probably. But yeah, so it's a uh, eight terabytes extra space, 
which is great, but then you have to fork over like 160 bucks for an eight terabyte drive, um, or 200 bucks for an eight terabyte drive to be able to do that. But that's whatever. At least you're getting more space. Uh, there are some other things that are on here as well. And uh, you can add in custom wallpapers, uh, better quick menu bar and notification list, activity feeds, and 3D Blu-rays for PlayStation VR. I would uh, like to say that the better notification list is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Why um, is that? It it in my honest opinion objectively makes the notification list worse why okay um, tell me why currently your notifications are split into categories so you get you have like uh game invites you have your upload queue you have your download queue you have like system notifications you have trophies all in these separate sections the better notification list is no sorting whatsoever. Just all your notifications in a big fucking list. Isn't that and what the Xbox does? Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. Does it even have a notification center? I th- I think so. I don't. Know. I, I I don't know. But I barely like, turn on my my play my Xbox. Yeah, I, I don't even know the last time I used it to play a game. Uh, but yeah, like it's worse than phone notifications. And I think phone notifications are fucking trash. Uh, and from a usability standpoint, yeah. Like what was so bad about having them in categories? I could, I could get it if you had the option to just have everything in chronological order. But from what I saw, they just get rid of all the menu options. It's just, here's your notification list. Have fun. Oh, good. Like, like that's stupid. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's supposed to be better whenever it just makes it harder to find the notifications you actually give a shit about. Yeah. I, uh, with it being in beta, I'm hoping that people will agree with me and like at least make Sony put in an option to switch back to the old one. Yeah. Um, so are you, are, do you have the beta update? Is that what, what you're saying? No, I don't. Okay. So, why don't you get it and then you can give us your opinions on it next week? Yeah. I would have to uh I think the sign up's over. God damn it, Aroa. Well, poo. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I I would have done it, but I didn't I don't have like my I don't have my PlayStation account signed in on my phone and it was going to take like 3 minutes for me to get my password and all that and I just didn't think it was worth it. God damn it, Aroa, you lazy <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> it's uh fucking uh ux psychology you, you put one one thing in the way of the user and they will just go not worth it and leave that's yep. what i did yep that's that's why i have my uh my site locked you have to put in a password let's captcha that's why i get yeah. no people there except yeah, for... no one will no one will ever sign up yeah exactly so um Let's talk about GameStop for a minute. The, our favorite of companies. And <laughs> do you guys know what the circle of life is? Uh, I thought that was a song from the Lion King. Yeah, that's what I... King, <laughs> so it's a program... Yeah. Basically, the circle of life is... You you get the people to try to push pre-order. So uh, the circle of life gives each GameStop store different percentage quotas uh for pre-orders 
reward card subscriptions, used game sales, game trade-ins, blah, 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 blah. Uh, each of these quotas is based off the store's total transactions, pre-orders, and reward card subscriptions are based on the number of transactions, while used game sales and trade-ins are based off the dollar value of transactions. If a store's quota for the games you sells is 30% and the store sells $1,000 worth of merchandise, GameStop expects at least $300 of that merchandise to be pre-owned. So they don't just give them monetary value quotas. They give them quotas on like, this is the type of stuff you're going to sell. So that's why when you go there and you'll see them, uh, you, you like go to buy a new game and they'll say, Oh, we have that used here for this much. And yeah, sometimes it's just the people trying to get you a better deal. But on the other hand, it could just be them being like, we need to meet this quota. It's usually them trying to meet the quota. Yeah. Uh, it, this is very interesting to see because it's exactly what Radio Shack was doing when I worked there. Oh, really? Yeah. It's um, the best thing I could, I could uh, att- uh, like compare it to is uh, for one... Um, we had a quota of fucking batteries. What? Yes. What the hell? Seriously? Somebody uh, comes up Shack, with something. Radio Shack had their own brand of batteries. Oh, and yeah. And that was considered a, it, like, we already had a quota on, there was cellular attach, which is if you sell a cell phone, you're expected to sell at least a certain dollar amount of add-ons for that cell phone. Um, whether that be a case or an SD card or chargers, what have you. Or Radio Shack uh, batteries. And, well, batteries were their own category that you were basically expected to sell on average a certain dollar amount worth of batteries to every customer. Wow. So really the, the idea was that you get like one in five customers to buy like 10 to $15 worth of batteries. Yeah. Like... What the fuck even takes batteries anymore? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like you might buy I bought I bought a pack of eight double A's whenever I moved out and I just now used all of them. <laughs> like if, that was almost two fucking years ago. If I want batteries now, this might be incriminating, but if I want batteries, I go to Jeff in the tool room at my work and say, Hey, I need a pack <laughs> of batteries. And he hands it, me a pack of like forty batteries. Yeah, and like that's the other thing. Is like the only people I know that really use batteries are gonna buy them in bulk off the internet. Yeah, they're um, gonna get like forty batteries for ten bucks and not sixteen batteries for ten bucks. So now, yeah. so so going through this article now, it is on uh, Kotaku. So I apologize if we give anybody cancer. Um, <laughs> so. They said, uh, if you scroll down the article, it says, The other day working, uh, Resident Evil 7 and Kingdom Hearts launch, were, uh, we were telling walk-in uh, non-reserved customers that we didn't have the games in stock or that they were only for pre-orders in order to not sell new copy of games. Because if they sold the new copies of games, it would the total transaction for the used games would go down. And hence, and thus far, they would get dinged for it. Yep. So such horseshit. That's how bad it is. Like uh, a second employee also said that they found themselves in trouble after selling a bunch of new games during the launch of Resident Evil Seven, Kingdom Hearts Two Point Eight, and Tales of Berseria. 
Uh, and it says, now I'm fucked for the week, the employee said. I have to sell way more pre-owned this week. So you do well and you sell the games, but it doesn't matter because you're not meeting their metrics. Well, it's just this is just one example, honestly, of why I'm surprised there are even still brick and mortar electronics and game stores around anymore. Because, you know, putting this ridiculous amount of pressure on sales associates, first of all, is crap. Oh, yeah. Second of all, if second of all, if they're trying to, you know, push their their pre-owned games as this big value and not sell new game, why not just go to pre-sale only? for new games and then that problem would be completely solved because then they could tell people well if you didn't pre-order it we don't have a copy for you and it would be true and it would take a lot of pressure off the salespeople. so i i kind of understand at a corporate level why they do this too because you make a lot more like infinitely more money by selling a a pre-owned game as compared to actually selling a new game because you know you they come in and you pay what like 10 bucks for a 50 dollars game you sell it for 50 bucks and so you make 40 dollars profit great but uh you know if you have a new game then you have a bunch of other people who you have to pay for that game basically and so you only make x amount of dollars i'm not sure what the percentage is probably 20 percent, i think right so you don't make a ton of money on that but on the other hand i don't think they should penalize people for selling games like they should no, just have not. they should just have like a profit quota like just we need to turn this much of a profit. So it doesn't matter if that profit comes with new sales or used sales. Used sales are going to get you more of a profit because we get more money back on those. Yeah. But, but I, I still I don't I don't like quotas in general because I mean oh, me neither. no matter no matter how good of a salesperson you are, you can't control who's gonna walk through your door and what they're gonna buy and how easy it's gonna be to sell them stuff. Exactly. So you know so they, they and would, I mean it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like when, when when I worked customer service in a call center, our pay was based on factors like how long we were on the phone with each caller. When it's like, okay, they want us to solve the callers every single problem when they call, but they want you to get off the phone fast. So how yeah. the hell does that work? <laughs> That's yeah. the, my job is the exact the exact same oh, yeah. as that. Oh know. yeah. So I wouldn't what? wish I I wouldn't wish call center customer service work on my worst enemy. It's hell. So yeah. I used to work at a place called Consumer Cellular with Aroa and I both go through their cell phone service, which is pretty good, I think. Um, yes. And they just raised their uh, their data cap. I saw they raised it from four uh, gigs and, to and five. And they lowered uh, they lowered our bill. Yeah, and they and they and if you uh, start a new line right now, you get fifty uh, fifty dollar credit for any additional line you add. Anyway, hmm. uh, <laughs> so so they're they're not a bad company, but they're terrible to work for. So when I worked there, um, you know, we would get we would have metrics for like sales calls. So we'd have to tr convert X amount of sales calls into sales. Otherwise, we could we wouldn't get penalized for it, but we wouldn't get um, like certain bonuses. We wouldn't qualify for sales thing was too low. So. The problem with that 
was that the same people who take sales calls are the same people who take the tech support calls. And people would start figuring that out. And so when they call the sales line, since they want to sell more stuff than they want to help the customers, they would take the sales call and put it to the top of the queue. So if somebody wanted a tech support question, sometimes they would call in on the sales line to have a tech support question asked. And that would hurt your sales because you didn't sell an item on that sales call. Yeah. Doesn't make much sense. No, it really doesn't. Uh, But also they had like, not every supervisor did this, but when they would score your calls and if you got exit, like if you had a poor score, you would again not be able to qualify for certain bonuses. Yeah. So somebody called in and I took their call, did great job, fixed their issue in like two minutes and got off the call because I was amazing at that job. And when the person scored my call, it was somebody that wasn't my normal supervisor. And so she's like, oh, well, you didn't go through on the knowledge base. You didn't go through the steps on how to how to troubleshoot that issue. So I, I marked you down on that. And I'm like, but I fixed the issue. Like, I knew what the problem was. I didn't have to go through those stupid steps because I knew how to fix it. And she's like, yeah, but you still got marked down because you didn't go through those steps. That's so stupid. Yeah, that's arbitrary crap. I just call call center jobs are terrible because they treat everyone like children. Yeah. And every single policy is just unreasonably punitive. No, I would never go back to I honestly I think I'd rather eat a pistol than go back to a call center. <laughs> Well, um, I'm yeah, I, w- I, w- I wish I was kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, apparently let's go back to GameStop. And it, it's similar to that type of type of system where you can go through and you can have a great, you know, day and sell a bunch of games, sell a bunch of merchandise. But if you don't hit one of their metrics, you get in trouble. Of course, there was somebody who through the holiday season he was a manager. He'd been there for like 13 years, he said. And he was like, you know, what I would do is I would take some of the um, I would take some of the sales that I knew were going to not help people. So he would take like the new sales and then let his employees like do a bunch of used games and stuff so that their metrics were higher. Yeah, uh, and he's like, I nice. thought he's like, I thought it was safe. I'd been there 13 years and they canned me. That's bullshit. So even though the store was performing amazingly well, uh, he got canned because he was trying to help his employees. And see, I already didn't shop at GameStop because I think that because I mean, I buy all my new stuff online and their used stuff is way overpriced. This is just another reason to stay the hell away from this place because they treat their employees like crap. They care more about the bottom line than their people. And that's going to show in the way you interact with people who work there, the kind of service you get. I mean, so it's, it's ridiculous. So it's there. That's kind of a problem with me. Like I still shop at GameStop, but I always think that if I stop shopping there and everyone's just stopped shopping at GameStop, then, then maybe the, then those then those people could go get jobs where they're actually respected as human beings instead of treated like numbers. Or they'll just get canned and not and be unemployed. 
Like that, that's another thing to think about is you might actually be harming the, the employees more than you're harming the higher ups. Cause you're not going to be harming the CEO of GameStop. You're harming the person who works there and is trying to meet those metrics. So hmm. I don't know. I, it, it's a, ter- it's a, it's a terrible, uh, circle of life. Yeah. Get circle it. Circle of know. life. Anyway. I see what you <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so you don't shop at GameStop, do you, Aurora? Fuck no, fucking okay. no. I, I'm like, I I I definitely understand the idea that yeah. you know you're you're just hurting the, the little man, but you know, uh, I also don't shop at Walmart if I can avoid it. Yep. Um, See, and that's another... I shop at Amazon, and they're an evil company. Yeah, like. I just shop for the company that adapts to my needs and yeah. GameStop is not that. So here, here's another problem is that um, I have a Walmart and a GameStop half a mile away from me. Yeah, so do I. But so it, I don't have to go outside to buy things off Amazon. Yeah, it's and- it's way more convenient for me to just head down to Walmart. To I don't buy games from Walmart um, and I rarely buy games from uh GameStop. I, I typically buy them online. But if I do buy a game physical copy, I, I will go to GameStop because it's the only thing in town where I can buy used games. So. The the only reason I bought a game from GameStop in the last several years was because I didn't want to wait for it to ship. That's that's usually my reason too. It was it was a Saturday and I so I knew I wouldn't get it until Tuesday. Well and I went, Am- no, I want my Miku now. Well, and so Amazon and Amazon is shipping on Sundays now. Yep. Yeah. So it, but I mean, still, still would have had to wait until I had to work again, yeah. and I wanted to stay up until four in the morning playing goddamn Hatsune Miku. Yeah. So I played uh, Dot Hack until about mm, eleven or twelve last night. There's so. also a, a very small part of me that just really likes buying, like cringy niche games in person so that, <laughs> so that I can experience the person behind the counter like awkwardly try to to talk about it in some I just, way. I just want to see like Aroa go to the store and then they'd be like price check on Rayplay. Price check. <laughs> oh god. I uh, uh see, I, see I was gonna go lot, I was gonna go a lot more tame with that reading and be like, no, if only Hotful boyfriend would come out in hard copy. <laughs> nope, nope. I'm gonna go I go For all console. the way. I go all the way. Um But they'll never release that in America, so I don't even know where that was made. Was that made in Japan? What? Rayplay? No, probably Oh, Rayplay? Yeah. Fuck yeah, that was, that was Japanese. It also came out in like 2004 or some shit. Okay. So let's move on. Uh, let's talk about one other terrible, terrible company. Time Warner. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York is suing them. Good. Yep. Yeah. So basically everyone's been through it. You go to a new internet provider and they say, hey, you know, you're going to get up to 100 megs a second. And then you test your internet and you're getting like 20. And so they come out and they're like, oh, your internet seems to be working fine. Let's switch you to a different node, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you never get the speeds that you're you're promised, like at even close to what you're promised. So the attorney general for New York, Eric Schneiderman, 
uh, filed a lawsuit accusing charter subsidiary Spectrum of lying to customers about the internet speeds it advertised and the reliability of its network. Basically saying that Charter and Time Warner knew that their internet speeds would not be up to that level. And so they were just lying and basically making false advertising. Um, the lawsuit filed in state Supreme Court of Manhattan accused the spectrum of defrauding customers since 2012 by 2012, probably way before then. But anyway, uh, by charging them for services it knew it could not provide, it claims the company conducted a systematic scheme to defraud and mislead subscribers by promising internet speeds they couldn't actually deliver. The lawsuit goes on to explain how the company leased more than 900,000 older modems older generation modems and wireless routers to subscribers that it knew were incapable of of achieving the promised internet speeds, which, uh, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right for an internet company. The thing, the internet company I go through is actually pretty good. Um, when they hooked up my internet, they were, um, they were very careful to, like it, I, I get 300 by 10 and when they tested it, it was at about 250. And so a week later they sent another person out just to make sure that they could get the internet speeds up to 300 megs. So well, that's cool. Yeah. So they, they were really trying. Uh, it's gone down now. It only run. it typically runs around 200 megs, but mm. I mean, 200 megs a second is still pretty okay. I'm not going to complain about it. Um, you know, this is, kind of interesting because they're talking about uh how spectrum is what charter is marketing uh time order services under and that's what my internet services are marketing oh is the spectrum brand of charter and you just made me think uh i'm sorry no no you made <laughs> me think what is actually going on with uh my modem because i've noticed recently that my internet speeds are capping out around 40 down oh and so i decided wait wait a minute i i never actually checked my modem i've only been checking like my router and the connection between those and i don't think i've rebooted my modem so i went into the uh the control panel on my modem and yeah it's been up for about 120 days and i just saw that uh it is connected using Doxus two. Oh, uh, which uh, to yeah, I know less, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, the le- the less savvy people, Nicholas. Uh, Doxus Doxus two was created in two thousand one. Yeah, and then Doxus three uh, so is the new old. one. Yeah, uh, Do- Doxus Doxus two was in two thousand one, and uh, doesn't even like come close to what Doxus 3 is capable of. Doxus 3 was 2006 and uh, it introduced IPv6 which again is just more words that don't make any sense to 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 people but like IPv6 is old as hell. Like 2006 is old as hell. Yeah. There's a Doxus 4 now. Uh, no, I it's, think. it's three point three point one. Okay, okay, okay. So four. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, so the fact, and this this modem is more than capable of handling Doxus 3. I know that for a fact. It's an Eris modem, and, I mean, it's it's a perfectly acceptable modem. So I don't know why it's connecting using Doxus 2, but I'm probably going to have to reboot my modem after we're done here and see if that fixes my internet problem, because I, I've never done that, and I'm seeing a lot of uncorrectable packets that are coming through here. So that's, that's oh, yeah, interesting. I always, I always hate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. wonder if my signal's bad. That could be it. Or maybe the modem is running on Doxus 2 and you'll need to call them up and be like, hey, bitches. Um, well, it was it was fine right after we moved in. I remember because I was like all fucking excited because my internet was three times faster than I was used to. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I do. Uh, like if my internet's running slow, I reboot my computer. If that doesn't work, I reboot both my monitor or my router and my modem. Yeah, I, I never reboot my computer for anything. No. So for some reason, what happens after about a week of my computer being on, my internet will start running at like 20 megs a second and then I'll reboot my computer and it'll start working again. No, you have something that's that's fucking up your your network card then. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, but I don't really care. Reboot fixes it, so whatever. Yep. That's 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 the thing for those of us who aren't quite as tech savvy. It you know what? It doesn't matter what the problem is. A reboot fixes everything. Well, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. I'm I'm just as tech savvy as Aroa, okay? I yeah, said probably. I said those of us. I wasn't. Oh, okay. I was. I was speaking in general, in a general term, <laughs> not you, not you yeah. specifically. Uh huh. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not tech savvy. Aroa is what she was getting at. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm I'm less tech savvy than both of you, so oh, okay. it's okay. Um. So, in a statement to sent to Gizmondo, Gizmodo. Sorry, Mondo. I don't know why. Gizmodo from Charter. They said, we are disappointed that the New York Attorney General chose to file a lawsuit regarding Time Warner's cable broadband speed advertisements that occurred prior to the Charter merger. Charter made significant commitments to New York as part of our merger with Time Warner Cable in areas of network investment, broadband deployment, and offerings, customer service, and jobs. In addition, Charter was among the highest-rated broadband providers in 2016 uh, FCC broadband report. Charter has already made substantial investments in the interest of upgrading the Time Warner cable systems and delivering the best possible experience to customers. We will continue to invest in our business and deliver the highest quality services to our customers while we defend against these allegations involving Time Warner cable practices. Now that actually brings up a good point. In 2012, Charter didn't own Time Warner. Yep. So... And I understand that Charter now owns it, so if somebody's going to get sued, it is Charter. But, like, if you... It it just doesn't make sense. Like, I I understand where they're coming from. Like, hey, we weren't even involved in this in 2012. We're trying to fix it. We literally just bought this company last year. Like, give us a little bit of a break here. Let us, let us improve stuff before you start suing us for stuff that, that happened before we even owned the company. Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts about that guys? Well, the, well, I mean, I I didn't, I didn't, I don't know all the details about the lawsuit, but maybe some kind of settlement can come out of that where 
the company has to put forward a timeline of how long it's going to take them to fix these issues, you know, like maybe instead of any sort of money changing hands or whatever, maybe the set, maybe there will be a settlement reached where people will be kept more aware of how the company's fixing the connectivity issues. Most, most likely what it's going to do is, um, if it goes through and they they find wrongdoing on the behalf of Time Warner, which most likely they're going to, uh, they will probably just give like a kickback check to all the customers that were affected by it. That makes sense. Yeah, that's like, what I'm like, like like whenever banks get sued for like overdraft charges and stuff. Yeah, and everybody gets like and everybody gets like a two to two three four dollar check. Yeah, the, so the people who actually make money in those are. Uh, the people who like the the lawyers who file the lawsuit, those are the people who make monies on that. Yeah. But recently, we were ta- talking about consumer cellular earlier. Thankfully, I never fell victim to this because I never worked overtime. Uh, I worked a single six-hour day of overtime at that place, and I just I was like, never again am I working overtime. And. Uh, they were sending letters to people because for a while they were doing mandatory overtime for anyone who didn't work on the weekend. So once a month you would have to work like an extra day on the weekend. I never had to do that because I worked Friday through Monday. So I always worked on the weekend. So, but anyway, they were sending checks to everyone. Or not checks, but uh, apparently somebody had sued them because they were not paying the correct amount for overtime. No oh, boo. And so somebody filed a lawsuit and anyone who worked overtime uh, in that period of time now gets anywhere, but like they, they figure it out based on how many hours you worked. But uh, my friend Meldy texted me and said that she could get up to uh, like $900. Oh, cool. So that's pretty nice for her. I mean, as um, long as that as long as that equals out to the amount of overtime that she wasn't paid before. Yeah, that would be the the best thing that would happen. So, um, I think that's all the stories we had this week, wasn't it? Uh, Nintendo's making mobile games, but what the fuck ever. Oh yeah, yeah it's exactly. making two to three games per year. Whatever. I mean, so l- let's just talk about that briefly. Uh, apparently Super Mario Run did not make as much money as they wanted it to make. Probably because it was ten fucking dollars. It still Um, made several million dollars. Yeah, it still made like fifty-three million dollars. Like it wasn't a small amount of money. It still made a lot of money, but it didn't make as much money as uh they were hoping for. I think it was fifty-three million. You might want to look that up. Yeah. Um, Well, they could take a note. They could take a note from Niantic's. Uh, page or book or whatever and make the game make these mobile games free to play but with you know in-game purchases because I mean I have had to cut myself off from spending money in Pokemon Go (laughs) yeah Uh, Super Mario uh, Run only 5% Fire Emblem Emblem Heroes is like that it does the uh, the Korean MMO style energy system thing that uh, oh pay to win (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, basically. Okay, so Super Mario Run success has transformed Nintendo's mobile IP licensing business, generating revenues of 10.6 billion yen, 
uh, or $93 million. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at there. Yeah. Um, compared to, uh, wait, uh, for the nine month period ending in December 31st, 2016, compared to the 38 million in 2015, according to the latest financial report, Super Mario Run has since fallen off the App Store charts, but due to the release on Android in March, um, I'm just trying to think. It, it looks like, and and it sounds about right, 78 million downloads, but only 5% actually bought the game. So what's 5% of 78? Anybody know off the top of their head? Mm. Uh, it's like 14. No, half that. No. Uh, <laughs> Seven? Like like 30-something million. Okay, so yeah, that sounds about right. So 30-something million dollars? That's still no. a lot of money. Three oh something. yeah. Oh yeah, but then you convert that, but multiply it by ten. Yeah, it's probably like 30, 30, 30 something million dollars. Yeah, so that's not terrible, right? No, think? Uh, no. not for a not for a mobile game. No, uh, definitely not. Because yeah. yeah, people will people will look at that five percent conversion rate and go, ah, nobody bought that. But that's how mobile games work. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of is how you get all your work. money. You get all your money from the whales, uh, yeah, as they're called. You, you get you have like f- less than five percent of your actual player base actively putting in money over time. In, in the case of microtransaction games, and you will make a shit ton of money off those. Well, people. it's it's the same thing with like ads in general. Um, Super Bowl ads, you know, you pay a million dollars for a thirty second spot. And uh, do you know what the percentage is of people who are geared who the percentage of people that you're actually marketing towards when you display an ad on uh, the Super Bowl is it's very small 2.5%. That's that's your market out of everyone watching the Super Bowl. But since there's like 100 million people watching the Super Bowl, that's still a large amount of people. Exactly. So, um, yeah, if I could make a shitty running platformer, I mean, to be fair, it's probably one of the better, uh, what endless runners, except for it's not endless. Uh, but if it's probably one of the better, or if not the best one in that category, but, uh, if I could make something like that and make even a million dollars, I would be happy. But Nintendo obviously, probably put more money into it than they than i would have put into it at that point in that same token so whatever anyway um that that about wraps up our podcast i've been going on for a little bit over an hour so let me ask you where can we find you guys online nick lotus I am on YouTube. Uh, my username is Nick Lotus Plays. I'm also Nick Lotus on Tumblr and Twitter, and Nick Lotus Plays on Facebook. Oh, branding! Uh, and we got Aroa. Where where can we find you, Aroa? Twitter at Aroa, Facebook Aroa Entertainment, YouTube Aroa One Three Three Seven. Uh, music Tumblr is Satan Oscillates Um. I can't believe that's a thing. Instagram at Aroa1337, I think. Hey, you haven't uh, followed me on Instagram. I didn't even know you had one. I I, I do have one. It's Reeton. Um, my I have an Instagram account, but I never use it. 
<laughs> so when last weekend or the weekend before, when I was up with my friend uh, for his birthday party, uh, his, my friend, another friend's wife was like, oh, you need to get Instagram and then you can start posting to it. So I was like, okay. And so I did, I already had an Instagram. I just logged into it and I decided that I'm going to do the opposite of what other people do on Instagram. So what a lot of people do on Instagram is they'll like have like an amazing meal and they'll like take a picture of it and make it look really good. And me, I'm just like, here's a plate. <laughs> well, that CD is pretty aesthetic. Like, yeah. <laughs> you might get confused for a vaporwave photographer. That's true. Yeah, that uh, so, so my whole thing is to do as like subtle and like bland things as possible. And this is, this is honest. Well, no, this is honestly my, cause I know they don't listen. This is honestly just a huge joke because I'm going to do that for a while. And then the next time I see my friend Nate and his wife, Lexi, I'm going to take a picture of her and post it to my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very elaborate joke. So Sounds you can like find, it. you can find my Instagram at Retin. And you can see uh, all the, I, I think I have a picture of a some, wall. Some good cheesecake, though. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, actually, Lexi made that for me before, I think. So anyway, um, that was the first thing I ever posted. That, if you notice, that was from like 2014 or something. Or before. Anyway, uh, you can find my Instagram. I'm reading on there. You can find my uh, Twitter, Reeton. Uh, you can go to youtube.com forward slash Nathan Spruth or forward slash Reeton. Either will work. You can go to my Twitch. That's twitch.tv forward slash Reeton and beam beam.pro forward slash Reeton. Uh, there's a general theme where if you search for Reeton, you'll probably find me. Uh, you can also go to ReetonEntertainment.com, which is, of course, my website. And uh, yeah, I will be back next week with you guys or one of you or neither of you. You know, it really depends on your schedules. Yep. I'll, I'll probably be here next week. Okay. Good. Good. And what about you, Aroa? Are you going to be here next week? I hope so. Okay. You hope so? You're like, yeah, I, hope, I, mean, I hope I don't get dragged out of my house and beat to death, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you guys for being here. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. <laughs>